Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B Guy here. And today, the H1B Guy Live, December 14th, 2022. Today, I'm going to discuss the Eagle Act vote today in the House with bipartisan support and opposition, as well as taking your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process, and by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution. Join the squad. Well, it's a little after 2 p.m. Eastern um, here in the U.S., and news broke yesterday uh, approximately a little after 1 p.m. Uh, from uh, Majority Leader, leader Horrier's office. Uh, which stated that uh, members are advised that recorded votes requested on H.R. 3648, known as the Eagle Act of 2022, will be postponed until later in the week. Uh, the reason given for that is that Congress was uh, going to, to want to be witness to the signature um, of a, another bill that was, was previously passed uh, and, and put into uh, the president's desk for signature last week um, for uh, uh, equal rights um, for same-sex marriage. So it was uh, protection surrounding that. Uh, a pretty significant piece of legislation uh, here in the U.S. Um, so news started to break again a little bit after lunch here on, on the East Coast um, that, that the vote would be postponed. If we go back to last week, last Wednesday during the stream, uh, during my live stream, uh, which was on December 7th, uh, 2022, uh, you know, I talked about the possibility of a vote even being held that evening. Um, but unfortunately the vote didn't happen. News started to break on Thursday that there would not be a vote on the Eagle Act last week. Um, and so it became evident on Monday as, as kind of part of the house's itinerary over the last four days of session, right? So, Tomorrow is the last day of the 117th Congress, which is at least scheduled um, based on the calendar, right? And that, and that could change as, as soon as today or, or tomorrow. Um, but ultimately, uh, news broke. There wasn't going to be a vote. Then we've, we found out there was going to be a vote that was going to be held on uh, December the 13th and now pushed back. Uh, according to this update, which was yesterday, it says later in the week. Um, and then clarification came around uh, the Eagle Act and, and when the vote would possibly be held, um, which was uh, scheduled for today. And so the floor schedule update that was put out by the Majority Leader Center, uh, Representative Hoyer's office, um, updated to say that, uh, that the next 
predicted votes would be approximately between 1245 and 15pm on the rule motion to recommit passage of HR uh, 3648 Eagle Act of 2022. Um, I've not seen the vote yet. I've been following on the live.house.gov and, and it looks like they're currently um, agreeing to resolutions on another uh, House resolution, HR 1518. Um, but I'm not sure if any of you have have seen anything out there, but would love to hear from you in, in terms of what uh, you're hearing. As of yesterday, uh, you know, I've been kind of indecisive. I felt like there was enough bipartisan support. If we go back to, you know, HR 1044 and when it was originally passed, we look at nearly 83 co-sponsors on, uh, you know, this this House resolution, uh, HR 3648. And I, I felt like there was enough bipartisan support uh, to possibly pass uh, the Eagle Act in, in, in this what's called lame duck, duck session, right? Um, but when when news started to come down last week, we started to see some some opposition to it uh, across sort of party lines. This bipartisan bipartisan opposition progressive democrats opposing it um as well as uh, really more conservative uh, republicans with with significant amount of moderate uh gopers really seeming to support um you know th this this hr 3648 and so you saw big tech really come out last week uh talking about the Eagle Act, I mean, on, on record, you had Amazon, Intel, uh, Google, um, I believe Facebook even put put something out, Meta, if you want to call them that. Um, so there's been a lot of, of big tech support behind that, which has allowed, um, you know, some of the very conservative GOPers, if you will, to speak out against it. Um, you know, really the, the, the for American, by American. Uh, but the thing about the Eagle Act is that it has a significant amount of uh, H-1B reforms in included as, as part of the legislation. And so I think that the dissemination that's come out and, and a lot of the opposition that's come out, it's been interesting to see um, a variety of these uh, voting blocks that who typically don't partner from a bipartisan perspective vote um, in a, a similar manner kind of come together on this very polarizing uh, piece of legislation. And so uh, I think when I really start to look at it, there's been a lot of um, misinformation that's been reported. Um, some folks that have covered immigration uh, for uh, a significant period of time, uh, some folks who are newer to uh, being on the beat in, in D.C. covering immigration who've almost turned heel as it relates to to their their support, their their reporting, excuse me. Um, so we've seen a lot of, of, of misinformation. We've seen a lot of groups really speak out. And so what was being reported, um, you know, over the last couple of days is is this term called whipping. And, and some of you may not be familiar with with what that term means. And so I'm going to do my best uh, non-political science uh, uh, way of, of describing it. Basically, you have um, assistant leaders uh, across both the House and, and the Senate uh, in the various parties, right? The Republican and the Democratic Party 
um, who are responsible for making sure that that votes go with the party across party, right, with the party. Um, and so what you see now is is that's been going on where you've you've had some moderates and some folks that maybe have, have been on um, on the fence, if you will, in, in terms of their their support of the Eagle Act. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is this is something where, as I said last week, um, if a vote isn't held, it would be really a significant blow to immigration reform advocacy as a whole. I said that on the H1B Guy News um on uh, december 9th and a, a couple of things just to to kind of go back to to that post um you know ultimately we've got right now roughly a day and a half remaining uh for the eagle act to come to a vote and then what happens when it comes to a vote uh well then does it move to the senate um does it have a possibility of of finding you know uh bipartisan support there or is um you know unanimous consent as as we looked at from from s386 the fairness for high school immigrants act uh, are those all possibilities and and there really is a lot of moving parts here and uh you know unfortunately when we look at at immigration reform as a whole the debate yesterday was was very interesting um i'm sure many of you you know kept up with with that debate um, and, and probably have gone back and, and watched the, uh, the, the videos um, from, from the, ba the, the debate as a whole. But, you know, I, I think we have to realize that this is a, a zero-sum game. And when you look at a backlog of 1.4, 1.5 million individuals, regardless of country of birth, right, Primarily, those are, are Indian and, and Chinese nationals, but um, the discrimination as it relates to country of origin um, is something when we look at 2022 going into 2023 and in our you know ideology surrounding equality, um, ultimately the root cause has to be addressed. And a lot of the opposition surrounding the Eagle Act does talk about the fact that it does not increase um, the amount of, of green cards. And, and I think that was one of the biggest um, uh, pushbacks on the Fairness for, for High Skilled Immigrants Act. But what it does do is, is creates uh, really a 10-year timeline uh, to clear the, the current backlog in a, a, a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, and ultimately, we have to look at a merit-based approach here if we are going to continue to be the innovative uh, and technological advanced country who is the leader in the world, globally speaking. And you're seeing a lot of other uh, nations now, countries, who are becoming just as an attractive destination um, to the best and brightest. And ultimately, that's something where the U.S. has been the number one destination country. But we look at what's going on in Canada. Um, we look at what's going on in Australia, the U.K., United Arab Emirates, um, Germany even. There's a lot of other countries now that are uh, providing more flexible and direct paths um, for high-skilled immigrants. And, and that's created uh, really this 
breaking point that we're at in terms of immigration reform as a whole. And I think the problem when we look at employment-based immigration is that it's typically lumped into family-based and illegal undocumented immigration. And it's two completely separate entities, if you will, two completely separate issues. Employment-based immigration is legal, high-skilled immigration based on shortages of talent demand and, and talent supply labor shortages, if you will. And I would even go as far as go with the farm agra piece, right? Your H2s that I don't really cover a whole lot here, uh, but those are employment-based visas, right? Work authorizations based on employment um, that, that provides individuals uh, an opportunity to, to come to the U.S. legally. And I think that for me, that's the breaking point. For those of you who have followed and, and kept up with this platform for any amount of time, uh, you know that you know my background is in IT staffing and, and technical recruiting. And through that background, I gained uh, expert subject matter knowledge in work authorization, specifically the H-1B visa, but not limited to that. Um, I've worked with TNs, with E3s, with E2s, uh, with O1s. So I've had an opportunity to, to kind of work across the spectrum of the variety of work authorizations that are out there and uh, become knowledgeable in this gap. This gap meaning in technology staffing, uh, demand, employers demand on talent still outweighs the supply. It still does. And anyone who wants to argue with you about um, the layoffs that are occurring, I will tell you that I heard a stat uh, earlier today they talked about there's been roughly 13,000 layoffs in big tech, but green tech, green tech, green tech's already hired roughly 6,000 of those. So almost half of the individuals laid off in big tech have now been hired in green tech. So the cheese is moving, right? And that comes back to innovation and technological advancement and where we've been on the cutting edge and where we continue to uh, miss the mark is by uh, scrutinizing and restricting uh, high-skilled Im immigration, where we allow the U.S. educated then to have a very short window of time um, for pathways to extended work authorization. Yes, the H-1B visa is temporary, but it is a dual intent visa. So individuals that come to the U.S. on an H-1B visa or individuals that are in the U.S. and gain an H-1B visa, their intent is ultimately permanent residency. Nine out of 10 times. It, is, it isn't always the case, right? It's not 100%, but I will tell you nine out of 10 times. And so ultimately this gap that's been created, the 7% limit on uh, employment-based visas for country of origin is the root cause. Um, and it has to be talked about. And we have to look at what is the, the reform um, that we can come up with that will, will set us down the path uh, to solving the green card backlog. And that's where I come back to the Eagle Act. Not only does it include, um, you know, a 10 year time frame to eliminate the green card backlog, there are also protections for American workers for H-1B reform that are significant. It is, it, 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 it is. And anyone that's saying otherwise is unfortunately uh, putting out misinformation. So would like to ask you if you haven't already, uh, please make sure to like this video, um, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and click the bell for notifications uh, so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. 
Um, if you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through uh, the super chat function here on YouTube, or if you're watching or listening to this um, at a later date, you can do th do so through the super thanks. Uh, for those of you who are currently joining me, I really appreciate um, your time and support here this afternoon um, as we, uh, you know, really look to, um, you know, know when the Eagle Act is going to be coming up for a vote. It looks like they're still on H.R. 1518. This could go as far as uh, as far as tonight. Um, but, you know, ultimately, uh, the, the biggest thing that I would tell you is is that um, even if this passes the House, it, it doesn't look like um, anything will happen in the Senate. And that's unfortunate. But if the support is there, um, if the support is there, you know, hopefully we can see. Uh, what that would mean for for this legislation in the future, or, or some sort of similar legislation in the future. Um, but we'll continue to monitor this. Just want to say thanks to everyone who took time to uh, to join me here um, this afternoon. Really appreciate it. It's a little after uh, two p.m. Eastern here on the the East Coast. Uh, as I discussed earlier, uh, the Eagle Act will be up for vote today in the House. Um, does that mean that uh, it will come to a vote in the Senate before uh, um, they end? You know, ultimately, I, I don't believe that that there's time there, but um, who knows? Who knows? But I will tell you, you know, when we, we go back and look at um, some of the folks that spoke out yesterday on the Eagle Act, some of the folks that spoke out yesterday on the Eagle Act, um, when we look at, uh, of course, Representative Lofgren, um, you had, uh, you know, really some that 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 came out in in, in terms of Representative Jayapal, who who we've already known. Um, then we've had, you know, really the 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 antis, if you will, um, Representative Roy. Uh, you had uh, Representative McClintock, who who we've we've covered here before, um, but yesterday was I, I thought in, in in my in my mind as I I listened to um, some of the context uh, of the debate, it was really kind of ho hum. There wasn't a whole lot new being offered, and then there was definitely some misinformed representatives uh, that that spoke yesterday. Um, but if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to post those in the chat. Uh, would love to know what what you guys are hearing. Um, if if you've heard there is uh, a possibility that we could see uh, HR thirty six forty eight pass today in the House. Um, again, there's a, a pretty long uh, docket of of voting today. Um, we knew voting was going to begin around 12:45, and and it appears that you know voting is underway. As I said, voting on HR 1518 already has occurred, um, and and hopefully we will before 7:15 or so tonight uh, have a better idea um, of uh, of of ultimately you know what the fate of the Eagle Act is. Um, but I, I think in totality. I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel like we get to a vote um, 
the fact that we're at a vote this late in Congress is definitely something of uh, of interest to me, even though, uh, again, it's considered a, a, a lame duck session. But who would benefit from the Eagle Act most? Of course, those stuck in the green card backlog, um, primarily Indian and Chinese nationals, um, as there is, you know, really an opportunity to over 10 years to clear that backlog. Uh, American workers would because there are um, H-1B reforms that are included in that, one of which for me, um, empowering the DOL uh, to do more audits is of concern. Um, I, I think that that's a piece where we look at is that is that good or bad, and that ultimately is what I would call compromise on on the piece of legislation that that, that we had. Um, but of course, you know, we're it's December fourteenth, and and really, I didn't have any intentions on on talking about the the visa bulletin today, but. Um, I'm hearing that it sounds like the bulletin is going to post tomorrow. I honestly thought we'd see it today, which there would have been a fair amount of irony and almost um, kind of a, a, a gut punch, if you will, to uh, to those immigrants in the green card backlog if, if the bulletin dropped today on, on the day that the, the Eagle Act was to be voted on in the House. But from what I'm hearing, it sounds like it will be tomorrow. Uh, of course, um, back on December 1st, I, I put out the H-1B guy forecast for January 2022 Visa Bulletin Employment-Based Predictions, um, where if any of you have watched that video already, uh, spoiler, you'll know, um, I didn't predict a lot of forward movement. Um, one of the things that I am hearing is the possibility of some corrective action could be occurring in uh, EB3 for uh, for row for all chargeability. Um, I've also heard the possibility of there being a final action date um, and a date of filing established for EB1, which we haven't seen that now. Uh, if we go back, I believe it was April of, of 2021. Um, a lot of this having to do with there being 200,000 uh, available uh, employment-based green cards for fiscal year 2023, um, and then looking at the overall number uh, demand and, and documentarily qualified, sort of that that number use, right? Um, what are you guys hearing, though? Just, just curious for any of you who are out there um, who may be watching right now, uh, what, what have you heard about uh, the possibility of the Eagle Act passing? Um, are you hearing the same thing that, that I've been hearing? Uh, thoughts on the visa bulletin posting tomorrow? Do you foresee any changes that that possibly could be occurring? Uh, if we go back to to last year um, for January's bulletin, uh, you know it was it was one of those where we did see you know some movement in EB two. We didn't see any movement in EB three. Uh, no really movement in any before and and honestly eb1 remaining current so it was it was a bulletin where we saw very minimal movement ironically it was india eb2 which moved the most for the month going back and looking at uh, january 2022 but i will go on a very 
uh, large limb here and say I, I don't expect any movement for for India EB two um, for for final action or for for dates of filing um, for India or or China. Uh, we just haven't seen any movement there um, over the last uh, last couple months. Uh, in fact, retrogression in, in India EB two uh, two two months of of this fiscal year already. Um, I'm keep getting a lot of questions about EB3 individually. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to talk about there, uh, you know, really quickly, um, I, I think we're probably going to have a pause this month, but we've been seeing kind of that 30 to 45 day uh, uh, forward movement days forward every other month roughly for EB3. So I think we'll continue to, to see that trend. Um, and another thing that, that I did want to mention, I talked about briefly uh, during the H-1B Guy News, the reporting on USCIS's fiscal year 2022 progress report, um, where they put out a totality of out of the 281,000 available employment-based green cards, uh, they used 275,111. Uh, as long as I've been tracking uh, the visa bulletin and keeping track of uh, employment-based green cards being issued annually. Uh, this is the most that I've seen. Uh, I think it is a historically high number. Um, and the thing that that I think is most interesting when we look at you know some of the the year-over-year -year increases, it was almost eighty thousand more. Uh, total employment-based green cards that were used in fiscal year 2022 versus fiscal year 2021 when we still were being impacted um, by these massive processing delays that were being experienced with the USCIS really due to COVID and, and, and due to human capital. Um, so uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop those in the chat. I have a couple of more minutes here today. Would like to, uh, to spend some time maybe answering your questions or comments that you have. Uh, around uh, the Eagle Act, around the opposition, the support of the Eagle Act, the vote, um, thoughts around the visa bulletin. I know we talk about that multiple times every month. Uh, of course, I, about a month ago, I did a live stream where I talked about briefly um, the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024, of course, sitting at December 15th. Um, no better time now than to start to begin to to think about the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024 and, and looking ahead, um, trying to, if you're looking for sponsorship, making sure that you have an employer uh, potentially identified uh, by mid to late January so that you have the month of February to get everything in order for your registration. Um, I will absolutely be posting more content surrounding the H-1B guy, or excuse me, the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024 over the next uh, next couple of months. Um, I have a very exciting guest that's going to be joining me on February 1st, um, and I will be putting out uh, uh, more information on that um, in the next uh, next several weeks. But really looking forward to. Um, to having this individual on. Um, I think you all will too. Um, so more on that. We're going to talk about the H-1B uh, H lottery and we're going to talk about um, kind of the current state of employment-based immigration. A lot of, lot of exciting things that will be coming up in that conversation on February 1st. 
Um, I will also, once the Visa Bulletin comes out, which I'm expecting tomorrow, you should be on the lookout for the H-1B guy grades, um, which will probably post out either Friday or Saturday. And uh, next week, um, not sure if I'll be doing a live stream next Wednesday, but possibly um, we'll be doing a live stream. And, and then after uh, the, the Christmas holiday, um, we'll be putting out uh, seven predictions um, for immigration in 2023, employment-based immigration in 2023. And also try to do a look back of my seven predictions from last year for seven predictions for 2022. Um, and just to see how I did with those, I think I've got a couple right and, uh, that's about it. Uh, predictions are never easy to get right. So, uh, with that being said, since I don't see any questions or comments, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's live stream. I want to thank all of you who took time to join me here today. Really appreciate your ongoing and continued support. Um, today's live stream was brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the audio plan B for high school immigrants currently in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. They'll gladly help you navigate the process. And if you'd like to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below. And someone from Syndesis or Path to Canada will be in touch. And by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment app phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. And by Mob Squad, are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner Mob Squad has the solution. Mob Squad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with our current U.S. company nearshore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as six to eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below. Join the squad. Well, I will be keeping my eyes out for vote on HR 3648. Um, we'll probably try to post something on Twitter. Uh, I'll also post on Twitter once the Visa Bulletin drops, most likely tomorrow. Um, I'm expecting it sometime in the mid-morning. Uh, so we'll be, uh, we'll be monitoring that very closely. Um, but if you guys hear anything, please feel free to message me. Drop in my DMs. Let me know. would love to hear from you. Um, I wanted to just, again, thank our partners uh, Syndesis and Path to Canada, Mark Pavlovopoulos, uh, really appreciate their continued and ongoing support. Um, Carl Ballsmeyer at perm-ads.com um, and RF Kamani at uh, Mob Squad. Just really appreciate all of their continued and ongoing support and looking forward to, um, to what's in store for us going into 2023. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, join the H1B Guy Telegram channel, um, connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn, um, please, would love to hear from you there, um, and check out the h1bguy.com where there is over two years of a library of content, 
um, that has been posted by myself in these long form vlog formats that I do. So please check out the, the h1bguy.com. Um, for those of you who took time to join me here on this live stream, thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. Um, I can't do this without you and uh, just very indebted to you and all of the support that you've given me here in 2022. Thank you so much. I'm Robert. I'm the H1B guy, your global source for all things H1B.